If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of In-Game Live, giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. He's Jared Smith. Excuse me. I'm Dane Martinez. (laughs) He's Jared Smith. And we are continuing, Jared, to, I think, get more and more optimistic news, right? We are making formal progress in a lot of leagues you know in major league baseball maybe it's a acrimonious tone we'll talk about that we talked about potential first round series in the nhl last week and the big one in my opinion you know is nba looks like they are dotting i's and crossing t's and you know jared we have a plan on what it is going to look like to kind of Uh, resume the season, the amount of teams, what it's going to look like. And as we go through it, I got to tell you, I don't know your initial reactions just yet, but I think, you know, it's kind of smart the way they did it, you know, that like the play-in tournament is triggered. If they're within four games, the teams that were in shouting distance still have a chance, respecting the health of a lot of teams, maybe not going in there, thus allowing more family members of the teams who do to be able to be there. There's a lot of pieces for us to discuss, and we'll certainly get into them, but on its face, overall, how do you like it? Surface level, I think they nailed it. Um, honestly, I, I think all the games are going to matter. Yeah. Damian Lillard argument is not, is totally null here. Um, if he chooses not to play in these games, it is not because he has nothing to play for. It is because he is choosing not to play in these games. The Blazers have everything to play for. They are within shouting distance of a postseason berth. And the way that they have structured this play in type format, I think is pretty nice. Honestly, I do. And I think it could be pretty exciting. It won't be that exciting in the East. But in the West, it it has the chance to be Pelican-Spurs single elimination. The winner of that faces the Blazers single elimination. Then the winner of that faces the Grizzlies best of three. And we have the chance for that on, I don't know, let's say three, four, five out of seven nights if we play the maximum amount of games. Uh, We could have four, five, six games in a row that are – literally backs against the wall, do or die. When have we ever had a win or go home scenario in the NBA in a one game situation in a seven game situation? It happens all the time, but in a one game scenario, it is unprecedented to see this happen in the NBA. So I think the league got it right. Uh, the schedule, there's some corks, it's a little cumbersome yeah. to wrap your arms around. There's a couple teams that have to kind of be slotted around. Right. I, I like the fact that it is random though. And when I say random, I mean, 
There are teams that already faced the Bucs earlier in the year that won't have to face them again. There are teams that already faced the Lakers that won't have to face them again. They are continuing to just play out the schedule right. as they just it may be. over games against these teams that don't make it, right? Yeah, and, and that takes out the unfairness of having to say, well, this team should play this team this many times based on right. this format. They're just saying, listen, this is what your schedule was. We're just going to continue it to the best of our ability, obviously taking out those teams that are not invited to Orlando. So I think the league, with the exception of a couple of rough edges that needed to be smoothed over, I think they got this one right. And I think when the formal announcement is made, it will be met with, for the most part, positive feedback. Fair enough. I do want to ask you, you know, you make a good point like that this uh, the the run up here, right? These eight games, like it's gonna have some juice, okay? Because oh, yeah. there's stuff on the line. And I remember, you know, one of the things the NBA was worried about in the proposal, which like fast forwarded to the playoffs, is the dirty little secret, <laughs> you know, Jared, is that first round NBA playoff basketball is usually not that good. You oh, know, man. you got your dominant ones in two C's, a lot of times sweeping. And the NBA, I know, was a little bit worried about like returning to play, but then it being a dud, you know, actually on the court. And so to your point, you know, there's stuff to play for here, right? And so I do think we're going to get good basketball, not only at the bottom, Right. Not only at the bottom of these teams, you know, the additional teams in the West and, you know, oh, by the way, what do you know? But the additional teams in the West, Damian Lillard gets in. I know. What do you know? Zion know. is still there. Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich <laughs> is still there. What do you know? Even, you know, some of the exciting new kids. Harrison the Barnes. Kings. Devin get Booker. In What's that? Harrison Barnes and Devin Booker. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm reminded of Game of Zones on Bleacher Report and how the Kings and the Suns have always wanted to merge franchises. Um, but in any event, and look, we could get a returning John Wall in the East. We could get a returning uh, Nurkic for Portland, you know, changing the balance of it. I do want to ask you this, because I think there's stuff up for grabs, not only at the bottom of these conferences, but, you know, in seeding as well. Look at the West, you know, Jared. I mean, the Nuggets are third right now, right? The Mavericks are seventh right now. There's four games in between seeds three through seven, okay? There is going to be legitimate competition going on. My question, though, is because each team is going to play eight games left, right? They're not all at the same amount of games right now. So, like, for example, in the Western Conference, the Clippers, the Utah Jazz, the Thunder, the Rockets, those teams behind, they're all, like, on the half game, right? Yeah. And in the East, you know, there's teams like that as well. My question for you is simple. Like, what if, after playing another half, you know, eight games, like, let's say the Jazz and Thunder are separated by half a game because they haven't played the same amount of games. I know we talked about this in the NHL, right? And how there was, like, it was really a points per game kind of thing. Yeah. Talked about a team points that got percentage. five. Right. How are they going to do this in the NBA? Do we have any idea on that, Jared? Because, you know, there's going to be a, a, a difference of, say, the fifth and the sixth seed, right? Or, yeah. or whatever. That's, you know, half a game that one team played one more. Is there any word on how we're going to, uh, you know, marry those issues? Well, I think it is worth noting that the seedings in my eyes aren't as important this year. It's actually more like tiers. So okay. a team like the Rockets wants to stay in the six or seven tier because if they drop to the eight, then they'll have to face a different opponent in, in the second round. Then, yeah, they, you know, they'll have to face the imagine. Lakers earlier. Have a half game in between each other for seven and eight. They don't want to avoid Milwaukee. They do. I'm sure they do. Um, unfortunately, like I said, there are some rough edges and there's okay. really no way to iron that out. That's just mm -hmm. the luck of the draw. And the way that they got around it in terms of qualifying for the postseason is if you're within four games, they're going to do the format. They're going to do the, the play-in situation. And I would guess that unless there's some 8-0 or 0-8 situation, most of the teams right now that are within four games will, for the most part, be there uh, at the end. Right. Uh, I have a feeling that'll be the case. So something tells me you might have like a four or five, like a waterfall play-in scenario yeah. with the Suns well, and, the do Spurs and the Kings. The and the I was Pelicans. talking to Kevin Walsh on the early line, and he seemed to think that, you know, look, look at the West right now, Jared. You know, right now, okay? Memphis is the eight, of course. Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, they're all three and a half games back of Memphis, right? So I, I, yeah. I take They're all right there. And San Antonio only a half game back, right? So it, I think we are going to see maybe more than one team within this four-game threshold, right? In the East, 
Maybe the Wizards make hay, maybe they don't. But I think you're right. In the West, I do believe we're going to see this, like, play-in mini-tournament triggered in yeah. some way or another, right? It's going to be like a waterfall. Yeah. And I think, I think the NBA leadership is okay with sacrificing a little bit of the seeding. I would say there's a little more muddy waters with the seeding. Mm -hmm. Because of what you're speaking to, some teams have played 66 games. Right. Some teams have played 65 games. There's really no way to adjudicate that properly without totally warping what the schedule is going to be. We have to draw the line somewhere, and I think where the line was drawn makes sense. Because if you really think about it, the seeding is important, but it's not as important in prior years. If you're the two or the three, it's not as important as in prior years. Because obviously, if you're the two, you're going to get to that next round and you're going to have home court against the three. Whereas this year, it's not as important. Two or three, is there a huge difference whether you face the Rockets or the Mavericks in the first round? I mean, yes, but it's really hard to quantify. So sure. it, 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 I'm not going to like beat, you know, get on my soapbox and start ringing the bell that, oh, it's unfair that we there's a little bit of a difference between one team that's faced 65 games and other team right. that's played 66. I think the postseason qualification is what we needed to level. And we did with the four-game cushion. The rest, I'm okay with sacrificing. I think what the plan that they made made as much sense as possible to the other side of it without totally warping the format and making it totally unrecognizable once we get past this little scheduling cork. And it is a cork. There are some intriguing corks. Uh, and we'll bring up the schedule, I'm sure, at some point. But there's a yeah. couple of teams, because there's teams that are eliminated – you have right. to go further down the list with some teams to get to that eight threshold. And with other teams, you don't have to go as far. So there's one team, the Bucks. they don't have to face the Raptors. They only face the Raptors once, but the Raptors have more eliminated teams in their list in right. the short term. So they have to go all the way down to facing the Bucks a second further time. Further in their schedule, their right. So it's like, it, it, you know, you can't face the Bucks. The Bucks can't face the Raptors once, and the Raptors can't face the Bucks twice. There's, right, 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 just, right. There's no, that's like bizarro Twilight Zone stuff. So uh, they're, they're going to have to iron that out, but that's not going to cause a huge rift because I think there's other teams that don't have partners. It's like when you go to the laundry and you do your socks. There's yeah. always one. There's always a sock that doesn't quite fit, and you, yeah. maybe you have a previous sock that you had before that matches, and now you can link them back together after years of separation. That happens to me all the time. I call them singletons. They're called oh, singletons. You even so have, have a term for it. I have a draw of singleton socks <laughs> that I've lost the pair along the years. And maybe one time, maybe one time in the laundry, I've new, an have old you ever down the road like a month and a half? I have. Found several it? months, yes. But also, like it was another in the pocket thing, of a pair of sweatpants or something like another that. Another thing that happens, Dane, is you have the same sock. So eventually you lose another one. And sure. then. <laughs> And then you just link them together. So I think what they'll do is the, the smart analytics nerds will link the teams that have that need dance partners together that are kind of there is a little miss a little bit of unbalanced, but I think they'll figure it out. Overall, like I said, this this elixir, this little potion that they've concocted, 95% of it is delicious and it's gonna go down smooth. There's a little bit of an aftertaste with a couple of these edges that need to be smoothed over. But like I said, overall, I'm thrilled with the schedule. All of these games from the get-go, from the opening game, it's going to matter. And I was looking at some of the, the opening games. You could have, like, Bucks, Celtics, Lakers, Rockets openers. Imagine, I mean, I'm, like, crying just thinking about it. Sounds good to me. You know, you're, you're talking about little quirks that need to be ironed out. When we come back on the other side of the break, we're definitely going to look and keep some of the excitement going, right? Some of the strength of schedule. I see finally Eastern and Western Conference odds back up. You know I care about those. Yeah. But I will also say this, Jared, I'm going to attempt to throw a little bit of cold water on where we are on this process as okay. well. I was reminded, you know, last weekend you came out and said, you know, like you understand the owner's point of view in Major League Baseball. That rang some bells. I want to get into it because to be quite honest, I don't think we're all the way home just yet. Okay. And we have a lot of, you know, you mentioned little quirks to iron out. I think there's some that are slightly bigger than just quirks. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go deeper into the NBA, their return to play plan. We'll look on the court, see who has edges, see who helps with this schedule, uh, how we want to play it. And I also got to push you on if, you know, we're all the way home and it's truly hunky-dory. We'll do that when we come back on the other side of the break. It is Dane and Jared on In Game Live. 
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, everybody, to In-Game Live right here on The Grid, giving you the edge. Here's what we got to do, all right, Chad? Because, listen, you know, and I do another show here. You do another show here on this network. You talk with Ariel, uh, you know, every Monday through Friday. I talk with my man Kevin Walsh Monday Mm. through Friday. If you don't know, now you know. You got to check out the morning after. You got to check out the early line. And, you know, as this has been going on, Jared, the idea of my co-host Kevin has been on like, oh, my God, the NBA is in such a better place than Major League Baseball. Right. And I'm like, okay, you know, the tone of everything that we're hearing is in a better place. But I don't know about like formal negotiation progress. okay? because think about this in Major League Baseball. Right. You and I discussed it. We had the Bob Nightingale plan, right? And it was like, yay, baseball's coming back. Realign divisions, DH, Pittsburgh and Atlanta, blah, 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 cool. But that wasn't formal. And then when they formally got to the money part of it, we hear players starting to talk, right? We hear Snell, Scherzer. You think they don't even trust them to open up the books and all that stuff, right? Cool. Um, In the NHL. We talked yesterday or last week, right? The the 24 teams and the and the World Cup format and how cool this was. And we know the details of like the format and that return to play, but we don't know jack about the money yet, right? In um and now in the NBA, okay, there's so much energy, right? We we've decided it's gonna be these 22 teams, we're gonna have these play-ins, it's gonna be awesome. 
cool. But if you really take a step back here, Jared, all that has happened is that the owners now have an agreed-upon proposal to send to the players' union. That's all we have yet. We The players haven't agreed to this. And yes, okay, the structure and the format seems cool, but Jared, they haven't tackled the big rocks yet. Okay, we don't know about the money. There's a report out just this morning, okay, that, you know, the, the split of BRI, basketball-related revenue, right now is 51-49. In the same way that you agree with the owners that it's not financially doable, right, they're going to have to figure this out also, Jared. They're going to have to figure out salary of pay cuts. They're going to have to figure out what happens for the eight teams that don't play anymore, for the teams that play now. We've talked about an uneven amount of games that's going to happen, and we haven't gotten to what I think is the dirty little detail of money. All we know is that the owners have approved this plan, and it's being sent to the Players Association. But everything I read, Jared, still says there's still now Next Horizon detail to be worked out, including money, Jared. So, like, are, do you think, like, that's a fait accompli and they already know how much of a haircut they're taking? Do we just not know about it? Are they doing these conversations behind the curtain? Or is this something that, you know, there's still the potential of this to be a sticking point. We only knew about Blake Snell and Scherzer because they, as players, individually decided to say something. Right. So I who's to say that CJ McCollum in a week and a half isn't like, oh, wait a second. This ain't cool for me. I, I, I think your point is well received. I think anyone with a reasonable mind that is not going to understand that this at the end of the day is about money uh, is is not really seeing the picture clearly. I do think the NBA and Major League Baseball are in different scenarios. And the reason why is the NBA played two-thirds of their season. They were able to pay out their players through the month of May. Uh, and and there isn't as big of a gap with the amount of money earned and paid out compared to what is still owed. Okay. Whereas Major League Baseball, it's 100%. It's probably 70 or 75% of the NBA. And again, I'm not handicapping this from a from a monetary perspective, but if I were, well, you're going to play eight games. You're going to get the TV money from that. You're not going to get the fan money from that. You got to take that out. But then you're also going to have these added bonus games. Right. That were not budgeted for. Play-in games, playoff games. They can be mm -hmm. classified as playoff games. They can be sold to advertisers right. as playoff games. Absolutely. So there's a win, there's a gap there between the amount of games that the players have been played in full and what's still owed and you would hope that the added income from these bonus games can at least float both sides enough to feel confident and comfortable that a deal can be reached. That's why I'm not as bearish on these NBA talks. You're right. You're 100% right. At your core. Well, like the Timberwolves, we know they're going to play 64 games this year. Done. Right? The that's where revenue sharing comes in. And, and that's, where, that's where the negotiations will come in. That's where the revenue sharing comes in. But let's be real. The Timberwolves were going to miss the playoffs anyways. They've already, like I said, they've already been paid out through May. Well, they've been paid out already through May. They've been paid. The players have been paid through the end of May. It was beginning of May that was when things got really dicey. They got paid all of March. They got paid all of April. And it was May when the, when the faucet got turned off. So most of these guys wouldn't have even been playing in May. The Timberwolves wouldn't have been playing in May. So I, I think there's less meat on the bone than you think. Yes, it's all about money. And yes, at the end of the day, all we're hearing You're is that the owners like 15, agree to 15 20% though, Jared. Like I don't know what the percentage is. I don't well, know I what the percentage. So I have it here on different teams, okay? And literally what I'm reading now, and this is an article from uh, NBC Sports Pro Football uh, Pro Talk um, from uh, Dan Feldman that came out literally this morning and it literally lists strictly on games played how much players on each team kind of stand to lose in salary. And it goes up all the way from what I'm seeing from 19% for the Timberwolves all the way down to other teams, which are lower than 10%. Like that's, that's a difference, you know? And so I just don't know. I also, you know, forget the player salaries. Remember one of the other big pieces of this, Jared, were the television contracts, right? And so now some teams are going to get extra games to honor and fulfill these local deals. Others will not. What are we going to do about it? I think this article I'm reading through it now, I'm just trying to skim it a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. Um, 
Listen, both of these. I think it's questions about money still, Jared. No, listen, I agree with you, and and I'm not saying that what you're saying is wrong. What you're saying is right. The players right now have just agreed to nothing. The owners have agreed. Right. The players have agreed to nothing, and also. That's already a different situation than what we're hearing in baseball. Baseball, we didn't even get to that point. We didn't even get to the starting line in baseball. That is fair. It was it was cut off from the from the start. And like I said, I think the amount of money we're talking about is less, is less than what baseball is dealing with. So you can kick the like when you're borrowing money, and they're gonna have to borrow money to restart this. Yeah. Excuse me, to restart this season. When you're borrowing money, if you're borrowing less, well then the interest paid less down the road. So. I think they can kick the can down the road enough because there's not as much of a chunk to fill than baseball has. Like I said with Ariel multiple times, the part that, and nobody's going to feel bad about, nobody's going to feel bad for baseball for this, but the part where baseball is really unfortunate is their entire season was affected by this. That is just the timing of it. If this coronavirus pandemic happened in October and not March, well, then baseball would be on the other side of it, and they'd be like the NFL, and, no, and we'd be fine. Yeah. But unfortunately for baseball, the timing of this pandemic totally derailed their entire season, whereas the NBA had a big chunk of it already paid out. Sure. So the amount of money owed is significantly less. And when that final bill is less, it, it's easier to swallow for the NBA players because the, the, at the end of the day, the bottom line is just not hurting their wallets as much as it is in Major League Baseball. And that's why I'm confident that we're going to get a deal because at the end of the day, we're not talking about a lot. Like you said, the, the, the team that's hit the hardest is one of the a, smallest market teams that has one of the smallest payrolls to begin with. And mm-hmm. it's only 19%. That's like the worst possible scenario. And that's not accounting for any of this bonus money from the added playoff game, right. which is going to make up for some of that. So you're telling yeah. me that the worst team out of all of them is only going to lose 19% of their game revenue. Something tells me the NBA will figure out a way to make that up, to make that whole. Uh, I, I think it's going to be okay. I just think, yeah, you're right. We're not 100% there, but we're way closer than we are in baseball. Way closer. It's not even comparable situation. You know, I, 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 I agree with most of what you're saying. I do think, though, because the players haven't said anything yet. You know, on some level, it is still apples and oranges because at least in the baseball, formal negotiations are going back and forth. We don't know yet. If the players are going to ratify now, yes, there may be an amazing well of trust, right, in in Adam Silver, right, or uh, or trust that the negotiations and like you're saying, you think because maybe it's less of the chunk of the pie that we got to figure out, you know, and, and that's all valid. All I'm saying here is like we're treating this as though, yay, it's done. And I always say to you, right, Jared, the devil is in the details. And I just want to make the point that there's still some details to be figured out, most notably yeah, I don't money. I think people talk- are just grasping for anything right now. They Fair. just want positive news. It's, and I, I think they know deep down that we're not there yet, but yeah. it's just, we just, just like the protests, like you give people an excuse to go outside, they're going to go outside. Sure. You know, even if they don't fully want to be outside because they're a little worried, they've been pent mm-hmm. up for so long. They just want some piece of good news, mm-hmm. some piece of, some shred of positivity And this is the most we've gotten from the NBA since the pause. Absolutely. I just don't want to have completely rose-colored glasses. You know what I mean? Because, you know, and you made the point last week, right, that you understand what the owners are saying, that if it's not worth it for them and they would operate at a loss, like, well, we got to figure something out. And I'm just, you know, we're hearing how the sausage is made in baseball. We haven't heard about this stuff yet. In the NBA, and all I'm saying is that doesn't mean it's not there. <laughs> you know, that just means that we haven't fully crossed that bridge just yet. But here's what we're gonna do, Jared. We're gonna assume that all those bridges get crossed, and it's nice and hunky dory, and we are actually implementing this. When we come back, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, some bets we could make here, right? Because honestly. I see Eastern and Western Conference odds back up. I think by definition, there's some things to talk about there when there's nine options in one and 13 options in the other. Is there now some value like, uh uh-oh, all of a sudden the Clippers may be a better value. And I'll talk about why when we come back. Um, So there's still a lot to figure out. We will do that. But for example, you know, we talk about the, 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 the math of it all, you know. Jared, right now on FanDuel, they've brought back the Western Conference Championships, right? And we know that, okay, the Pelicans, the Blazers, the Spurs, the Kings, the Suns, whatever, 
it's probably a, a 1% chance that all of them combined actually get hot and get all the way through, right? But that 1% had to come from somewhere. You know, that 1%... And we'll start to talk about players' names and strength of schedule and who's hot and who's returning to play and who maybe this benefits and where there may be some value on the board in the Eastern Conference, in the Western Conference, because of the strength of schedule. We'll do all that as we, you know, we got real games to potentially discuss. Jared's breaking into cold sweats about them, and we're going to try to find some money off of this. That's what we're going to do. We are off and running. It's Dane Martinez and Jared. Jared Smith giving you the edge on SportsGrid as always. It's in-game live on a Saturday. Come on back after this. We're going to be giving out winners. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into In Game Live right here on Sports Grid. Dane and Jared going around the NBA. Now that we have kind of a formal proposal that we think will be ratified, and you know, 
I guess, you know, when I'm talking about the money aspects of it, Jared, you're right. And it seems like there's a lot more faith. There's a lot more harmony in the back and forth. You know, I'm just saying, like, we don't know what we don't know <laughs> until we formally cross those horizons, right? And the stages of any union negotiating process are kind of still always in there. You know, I even saw when Gary Bettman came out with the 24 teams, there was a little paragraph in there being like, and then other details still need to be worked out. Yeah. We may talk later on this weekend. MLS seems to have a deal, right? But then there's a little paragraph at the bottom. Oh, some of the details still need to be discussed and verified by the union, you know? So I, I think you're right. There's energy there. I think the NBA does see what's happening with Major League Baseball and can understand how bad of a look it would be if they didn't get it done and I think you're right that will inspire urgency to play nice in the sandbox um but you know uh it ain't done yet that's all I'm saying no but, it's definitely not but one of the things I'm excited about is as you may know because I've been talking to you about it I've got two Eastern Conference champions bets and when it was like reseeding one through 16 when it was like World Cup draw I was like oh man am I gonna get refunded my bets because I really like them you know Jared I am on in the Eastern Conference I'm on the Celtics which I got at nine to one as I look they have moved down to seven to one if you look at FanDuel right now I'm also was on the Miami Heat I got them at plus 800 they are now plus 850 so they're still there as like, you know, the second and fourth choices there. But, you know, we've done math before together, right? And looking at implied odds and value. My question is, you know, it used to be when you had the uh, playoffs and the favorite would have, you know, whatever, the 47% chance of it. The Clippers might have the 33% chance, whatever, all the way down to the eighth seed, which likely has a 1% chance. Now we've got, you know, five more teams added into that. And I don't think necessarily that Zion's going to go on a run or that Greg Popovich will get the soul box back and go on a run, right? But you have to account for them in implied odds, right? And so that means, for example, you're taking that probability from somewhere, okay? And these are teams that probably have no actual chance but are still eaten into the odds and the probability of, you know, the Rockets, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Lakers, and other teams that you may think are live. The fact that, by nature, we're going to have an expanded, triggered play-in, playoff, how does that distort or warp your implied odds and value calculations as you look into these futures markets? This is a, not only is this a brilliant question, but this is a question that spans across multiple sports and across multiple strategies. So you know better than anyone that <laughs> you, you opened it up. Yeah, you asked the question. You asked the question. I have well, the answer. So this, the first thing, the first part of your question about, does it change the way I look at the sports and, and how I Based my odds, yes, but it's sports specific. And the reason why, if this was the NHL, and, and it is because we get a similar format in the NHL, then the answer to your question is yes, it absolutely warps how I look at the bottom teams. Because unlike the NBA, in the NHL, the bottom dogs are live, and you know it better than anyone. We've seen eight seeds win the cup, we've seen eight seeds win one week. seed. We saw it, yeah, we saw it last year. And now you're telling me not only do I get an eight seed, but now I get a nine, a 10, an 11, and a 12 seed that I could potentially bet on. Yes, it changes the way I look at the NHL. The NBA to me is not the same entity. It's okay. apples to oranges. The NBA is a star-driven, top-heavy league. The top teams always seem to make it to the end of the road. I believe yeah. the last eight seed we saw in the finals were the Knicks in 99, and they got blasted by the Spurs. And that was a shortened season, remember. We're that was the short, game. very good point, very shortened season. Uh, it was also one of the last times I remember it was a five-game first round, which was obviously right. very important for the Knicks uh, right. because they beat the Heat in that game five in Miami. I was actually in attendance for that game. I was as a 13-year-old, bright-eyed little Knicks fan. Um, so that, to me, is a different scenario in the NBA where I think the Bucks and the Lakers and the Clippers are so much more dominant than the Blazers and the Spurs and the Pelicans and the Suns that it's not going to matter at the end of the day that there's a little extra meat on the bone for those big teams to have to grind through. Whereas in the NHL, it is a totally different animal. Now the next part of your question, the futures market as a whole, yeah. I do believe is going to play a big factor in the NBA. It will adjust a little bit. I think once we get from 16 down to eight, Okay. I think the first couple of rounds of this is not going to affect things too much. 
I don't think we're going to see a ton of movement between now and the opening tip. And I don't think we're going to see a ton of movement during that eight-game regular season. But what I do think is a couple of the teams that have easier schedules might be good buying opportunities because they might be able to improve their positioning enough to make a difference. I don't think the Clippers are one of those teams, although their schedule is easy. But the Rockets could be one on the other side. The Rockets Mm. have one of the toughest schedules of this entire group. And if you look at the difference between facing the Nuggets or the Jazz as the sixth seed going against the three, dropping down to the seven and having to face the Clippers, well, that's a horse of a a different color. But what I am looking to do in the NBA and the futures market is to try to tally up some of these early strength of schedule numbers and try to draw some reasonable conclusions about where teams could finish. The Rockets, as a sell to me, is the first one that jumped out. That's early on. we got two more months or a month and a half to kind of look through these. That was the first one to me that jumped out. The Rockets' schedule to me, I could see them dropping to seven, having to face the Clippers in the first round, and getting totally bounced. That is a very reasonable scenario for me. So a lot of people on the Rockets are 12-1 to to win the finals as a a long shot. I told you they were my variance team. And, And now, looking at the schedule... I'm having second thoughts about that. Okay, fair enough. And like, I think the Rockets are a great example. I, I, I thought that in, a, in a, any kind of format with some variants, I might be down for the Rockets, right? Because on any given day, right, I can see I that. I agree with you against the team and 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 i made the point you know three through seven in the west is literally separated by four games the rockets obviously among them and you're talking about you know avoiding the lakers avoiding the clippers it's going to be interesting how that deck gets reshuffled you talk about the houston rockets jared as a sell because of the remaining schedule give me something on the flip side give me some encouragement who because of the strength of schedule or because what you're seeing like you think they can make some hay and potentially improve their position in the, uh, you know, in the run-up to the playoffs. So we mentioned the Spurs. We mentioned yeah. the Pelicans. We mentioned the Kings. Those are three teams that are on the outside of the picture now that are still in the mix. Those are three teams that have relatively easy schedules. If you think, were gonna... Jared, they're not outside the mix because they are within the yeah, yeah, yeah. teams as the ninth seed. If the season ended today. But what I mean is the Spurs right now at 22. Right. They're, you know, they're 22. Ga- they're, they're right at the cusp of that four spot. They're going to need to play well if they want to stay within that four game window. You're allowed that four game buffer mm-hmm. uh, before you get eliminated from postseason contention. So they're going to have to really turn it on. And they've got an interesting schedule. The Spurs are an interesting team for me. This is a veteran-laden team. This is a team that actually has won before with the guys on the roster. Uh, You know, not all of them, but LaMarcus Aldridge has won a little bit before. We've seen some success from Rudy Gay and DeMar DeRozan. These guys have been in the playoffs. They've been down that road before. They've got some young, exciting talent. Lonnie Walker had a great uh, season, and I'm I'm really excited to see his uh, future progress, just 21 years old. But the Spurs have... The the recipe, I think, which is of the bottom teams that it'll take to win. And they've got the mental and the and the toughness that that, you know, you can't teach that pop tries and he's good at it. But at the end of the day, they're a little tougher, I think, than some of those other bottom feeder uh, teams in the West that are a little more based on talent than actual toughness. And I think it could be a little it could be a game of mental strength as much as physical strength in the early stages until these guys get really ramped up and, and then the physical tools will take over. But I, I think the, the grind of the NBA and same, same thing in the NHL, the mental strength to be able to get up to speed quicker is going to be the big challenge early. And I think pops up to that challenge. Sure. And I think the Spurs could be. So the Spurs, to me, I'm not saying I'm going to bet on them to win the title. Right. But if you were going to ask me, I, let me look at their schedule right now. They can now. go on a little stretch and qualify for the playoffs. Yeah, so San Antonio's got one of the weaker schedules. They're in the bottom half, and their okay. schedule is Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, Utah twice, Denver, Sacramento, New Orleans. And again, I don't know if they're going to face all those teams twice. I don't know how they're going to handle the teams that face each other twice, if they're really going to play twice or if they're right. going to give them another opponent. But I just mentioned all those teams. None of those teams are top teams they're mm-hmm. all teams that are you know utah denver a little you know those are top teams standing wise but i wouldn't consider them elite right, they avoid and the lakers they avoid the clippers they avoid the lakers they avoid the clippers they avoid the bucks they avoid the celtics they avoid you know yeah. unlike the rockets who have the lakers the blazers the bucks the pacers the sixers and the raptors on their schedules i mean the rockets have a gauntlet and, yeah. and that's why i think there's a couple of teams behind the rockets that could make some moves dallas is certainly one of them sure. san antonio's one as well 
Uh, New Orleans' schedule is very favorable. They've got the third easiest. Sacramento's got the second easiest, according to my numbers. And again, these numbers could get tweaked a little bit because we still got some square pegs and round holes to fit in. But the idea is they avoid those tough teams. And I think overall, those are the, the I think the Spurs are the one team I'm looking to play early in the individual game markets right. that could overachieve a little bit because I think mentally they're a little bit ahead of where some of these other teams are because of who yeah, the coach is. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned the coaching, right? And I think Popovich has a lot to do with that. In any of these kind of weird, unique situations, I'm going to lean on coaching a little bit more than previously. What about this aspect? You know, we've talked about it kind of in the abstract when we didn't know what it was going to be. But there's some teams here that I know in contention that will be welcoming players back from injury, or at least that's on the table. And I'm talking about all-star caliber players, okay? I'm talking about Nurkic for Portland. I'm talking about Zion being back as the Pelicans try to make a run. I'm talking about the potential in the East for John Wall to be back with Washington as they make a shot. I'm talking about Ben Simmons for the Philadelphia 76ers being available and viable in a way that wasn't the case in March. Um, do any of these kind of returning players, you know, we've talked about this with like Yankees that'll be ready for opening yeah. day in baseball, right? I named about four all-stars just there. Are there any players that you think move the needle because of their availability that may have not been the case in April? <sighs> the only player that would have moved the needle for me in this format would have been KD. Um, that would have changed the way that I view this. Ben Simmons doesn't move the needle for the Philly chances. I think the Sixers are going to lose regardless of whether or not Simmons plays. Okay. I, I, I don't like in terms of moving the needle. Yeah, obviously the Sixers are better with Ben Simmons. But yeah. I think the I think the crux of your question is, am I am I considering the Sixers as a contender with Ben Simmons compared to without him? No, the Sixers are not a contender, whether they have Ben Simmons or not. I think the Sixers do not have the mental okay. uh, game to to withstand what's about to happen in Orlando. This is the Hunger Games, what's happening in Orlando. This is the 22 most elite alpha dog teams in the league, all converging on the same venue, and they are battling it out to see who is the biggest alpha of the alphas. And, and the public is starved for it all, Jared. Yeah. We'll pick up this conversation when we come back. We got to pay some bills. It's in-game live right here on SportsGrid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever 
you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back in. In Game Live, right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. It's so interesting, right, Jared? I mean, we're almost at like ground zero here trying to recap things with a three-month yeah. break some players coming back from injury you know whether you don't think they move the needle like ben simmons whether they're actually returned like wall or kd a guy like victor oladipo zion who had just come back from injury was kind of like getting into game shape and now fast forward three months later and they got a shot you know to lift the larry o'brien trophy it's going to be very very interesting but let's pick back up on this you know what are some other things you're looking at right we look at trends we look at data points obviously the strength of schedule is one i mentioned the idea of returning players is another is there anything else you're looking what other tea leaves are you looking to read right now jared to try to make some money on the NBA. I'll tell you what, I'm I'm looking to read the tea leaves of our producer, Brett Levy, who thinks yeah. the Pacers are the uh are and Brett, you had to know I was gonna talk about this. Um it, you know, so I I'll I'll handicap I'll I'll handicap the Pacers right now. A hundred to one to win the NBA championship. I mean, that's I'll throw five bucks on that. That's a flyer. Um, yeah, that's a flyer. You know, I, our producer Brett thinks that that he's he has sources that think the Pacers think think they're a contender, mm. and I'm not going to argue with with that because the Pacers were a very good team throughout the course of the season. Uh, I think the biggest concern with them is just how you treat Victor Oladipo, and and this is a guy in Victor Oladipo that's in a very unique position uh, because of where his injuries occurred and where he comes back. And I just want to confirm something on his contract before I say what I'm about to say. Um, yeah, so he he's under contract next season for 21 million. Then he's an unrestricted free agent in 2021. Right. So he's going to be on the Pacers next year, no matter what. So the question is, I guess, if you're a Pacers fan, if you're a Pacers player, if you're one of the owners, one of the executives, is how much do you really think that you can unhinge the Bucks and the Raptors and the Sixers? I will Sixers say this, though, Jared. You know, when we were talking about it in the regular season, there was a lot of people out there that thought the Bucks could be had, right? I, and I'm, I'm on that boat. I, I'm in that boat. I just don't think it's the Pacers that are the team to have. Right. I mean, I'm on the Celtics and the Heat as the teams to yeah. do it. Those you know about two, that. And, and Yeah already but it is interesting right do they see themselves as a contender how much do they push Oladipo now I would have the same question about Zion Williamson in New Orleans they're yeah, probably their question further right but they're less of a contender than even the Pacers you know so it is kind of interesting you know I talked about the devil in the details Jared when it comes to the money aspects right I think there's other interesting details because now we may go, you know, this tournament to crown a champion, we may be playing basketball games into what? Into August, September, even October. And next year's season would usually start in the month of October after a preseason, after a free agency period, after a draft, after a draft lottery, all of which needs this year's standings, right, to figure it all out. But you yeah. have also said there's some meat on the bone, some details becoming evident about how they'll do some of those other mechanics of league business, some of the stuff that we saw the NFL doing early on in the pandemic, which where they were able to continue doing. How is the NBA going to, you know, start up, complete this season, you know, maybe into the fall and then kick back up 
right away with the next season. I know you have dates on like the draft, the draft lottery. I've even seen them starting next season, maybe finally on Christmas Day. There's still a lot of fluidity in some of these league calendar dates, right? I agree. August 25th, which will be right around the middle of the playoffs or the beginning of the playoffs as the the, the new round of playoffs. If they right. start July 31st, they play eight games. You would think by the end of August, they will be ready to start the playoffs. So that's when the draft lottery will be August 25th. October 15th draft. Start. Yeah, I know. October like, you 15th know, the, the draft. Play for like three months. <laughs> I know. You know, April, May, June. Well, here's the interesting thing here. And I think this is where we get to some broader questions about what's happening here long term. Because I think we've done a really good job over the last uh, two and a half, three segments really diving into the format. And I think there's a lot of nuances where we're going to bring up game players money you know money lines spreads and you know minutes who plays more who but let's let's take a second broader picture and think about what the NBA is really doing it's clearly not going to start in in Thanksgiving you know even yeah. Halloween uh Thanksgiving would be probably the dead earliest but I think it's more like Christmas and I yeah. think it's more like after Christmas what if the NBA really likes this timing right and what if major league baseball just doesn't come back and yep. what if we get into a world where the new boys of summer are the NBA players? And I, I could absolutely see a world where the NBA is like, you know what? I don't want to compete against the NFL. That's I don't right. Compete against, I don't want to compete against all these other entities. We now have a chance to just totally grab the summer. And by the way, I yep. saw Woj tweeted 29 to 1 vote uh, the owners uh, in this new plan. So I'm curious who the one abstainer. I who the one is. I bet I it's know. one of those left-out teams that it still needs games is. for their television contract. I'll it tell you that right now. It probably is the is the Vikings, uh, is the T-Wolves or, or the Knicks or, or you know, the one of those teams that gets that got left out in the car. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Knicks. But uh, <laughs> I, I, one of those teams that kind of got left out in the cold. That makes sense. But I think the important thing here is we had a discussion a little bit on, 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 on TMA. I'm sure you guys have briefed broached it because I, I'm, I'm sure this is something that 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 my guy Kevin Walsh is thinking very hard about because I've been saying this since March. I, I really think the NBA does have an opportunity here to really, you know, rethink their overall plan. And yeah. maybe maybe October to June doesn't make sense. Maybe January to August makes more sense. You know, maybe it's the full yeah. season in the calendar year like the NFL does, you know, where it's like you yeah. really, you know, put the wrap your arms around it in that way. So I'm curious if this goes well, and we're going to find out, it's going to be an experiment. We're mm -hmm. probably going to find out if this goes well, what happens in those three months in between? So let's say the season ends on October 12th. Well, they're not going to have a ton of time to really think about, right. they're going to have to probably have the next season. Like when is free ready. agency happening? Exactly. So I, I think that gap between October 12th, and whenever the next season starts yep. is going to be this kind of Christopher Columbus finding the new world environment where it's like, we don't know where dry land is. Like we're kind of just going in and we'll mm -hmm. see where we hit, you know, when the guy with the, and, you know, with the, 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 the telescope and the perch says land ho, like, yeah, there yeah. we go. You know, we're, we're flying blind here. So I'm curious where the, 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 the puzzle piece ends because right now we're seeing the beginning of it, but I don't know where the corners exactly. all fit together and the next stage of this and I'm always thinking about the next stage. It, that's where I'm curious how things get kind of ruled because it is a very fascinating argument to say, maybe this works. Let's do this every year. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, the difference in, and there's been conversations already about the NBA pushing you back, starting on Christmas, you know, taking that day as their opening season, you know, and that's when people turn their attention to basketball, you know, and, and I want to, I want to mention it in this way. I think that's also why, and we'll talk about Major League Baseball and their negotiations in hour number two. But that's why I think I think Major League Baseball is pissing away an incredible opportunity. OK, mm -hmm. because in all this, the NHL, the NBA, they weren't going to start until what now, August. Right. There's an opportunity for baseball that the month of July could they could have been the only game in town. Yeah. OK. And just like we saw with the NFL draft, the attention it got, you're waking up to watch the damn KBO. OK. And imagine if Major League Baseball was truly the only game in town, what it could do to a sport that was already seeding kind of uh, excitement and interest. You know, they could have got it right back. And here's what I'll also say about this, Jared. You know, you were someone who mentioned um the NSWL, the Women's Professional yeah. Soccer League, and how they had a, you know, a desire and incentive to be out there first. 
for this same kind of reason? Well, MLS has agreed on a deal, okay? And they're going to do their tournament in, our, uh, in Orlando. And they have talked about, I've read some articles on them, they are thinking about starting this tournament in late June, Mm. This month. So that would then be MLS being like, oh, you ain't ready, baseball? We are. We'll, lead, we'll be the lead. And we have some baseball news today, too, that we can get to at some point today. Uh, I'm sure we will. But yep. we it, it does look like yep. this season is going to be massively adjusted. Yes. If we have a season, yes. the maximum games, I think, is going to be 50. I, I think yeah. that'll be the most amount of games we see. We absolutely will. And we'll get into that. Right. You know, and that's kind of what I talk about, too, with like the formal process, you know, and why we don't know yet about the NBA. Right. Because in baseball, we have the formal process, which is taking place. Right. The owner's formal proposal. Didn't players didn't like it. The players answered back in the way I told you that they might have. Right. They didn't reject. Now the owners are saying no additional proposal. We're done. And that is going to trigger the kind of last resort break open glass. Rob Manfred um, kind of just delivering the schedule. We'll talk about that in our number two. But obviously, Jared, this idea of, you know, tinkering with schedules, with formats, with rules. This is the right time, but I think these leagues have to understand they're also competing for the attention share of us, the sports public, right? It's true. I, I think overall, that's the biggest reason why I'm not concerned about the NBA restarting. I think the NBA knows mm. that this is their moment. This is their moment to really, and obviously the NBA is popular. It's not like it's not NBA's sure. not popular, but- this is I, I I was in tears, like just like going through some of the games that could happen in three months. <laughs> right. That's how excited I am. And if you think I'm the only one that's this excited, you're crazy. There's a million people that are so excited that this is going to come back and it's going to come back because it has to. And that's the part that baseball doesn't understand. I think baseball. No. And we'll get into a lot more of this sure. when we talk about baseball. But I think overall there's this like aura of like above it all that baseball owners and players feel mm. where I think the NBA players are much more attached to reality and they really know the, the repercussions of not having uh, the, a conclusion to at least the season. And I, I think the NHL got there first, the NBA got their second, but their plan is just as good. Just is just right. innovative enough yeah. to change the equation enough to give us like, oh, wait, but I've never seen that before. Wait, let me go towards that. Right. Because unfortunately, we live in this millennial instant gratification society where one person does something and the next person does something else. And and if there's if they want up them, then, oh, I'm going to go over there. They just want up them. So that's just where we are. And as a society and right now we were talking about coronavirus for a long time. Then yeah. we we're talking about protests. Soon we're going to be talking about sports. Trust me. When these games are playing, getting played, yeah. when LeBron is going up against Kawhi in Orlando, it, it's gonna be it's yeah. gonna be meteor versus asteroid, and it's gonna be a giant collision, and the winner is gonna be the NBA because the ratings are gonna be through the roof. And I think that is why we are going to see this happen because there is so much on the line. They can make up a lot of this money they lost. They 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 certainly can. Right. There, we've seen it. The demand is there for this, Dane. They just have to go take it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to turn our attention to why Major League Baseball can't seem to get out of their own way. We kick off our number two with that. We got a UFC card to discuss. We got more fantasy baseball, if it ever happens. We've got a jam-packed show for you. Hour one is in the books. Hour two, when we come back on the other side of the break, we're giving you the edge. It's Dane and Jared right here on In Game Live. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.